Hi there, I'm Adam Kirbas and this is my novel, the video. 10. Gabriel Gabriel is in his dormitory. He's in college. He's a freshman in college with a great accomplishment. Gravid Gabriel in the past always thought this is what he made. This is what he had accomplished and he was he was so glad about it. He accomplished a lot in his life. He thought to himself back in the days when his life was like a never-ending bliss. But then things changed. Things changed rapidly and somehow Gabriel didn't quite understand how things got there. How he lost it all. How his life turned upside down. How now he feels a barrier between him and the world outside. A barrier which locks him in. A huge wall. And he cannot look behind it. He's lost in in this lost space. And he, he can't even share his thoughts with anyone. He cannot talk to anyone. The only thing he can do is watch. Watch the ceiling in his dormitory. Try to fathom a path which could lead him out of there. He thinks that he thinks about Mary, his girlfriend, this beautiful girl, and how lucky he was. And he felt himself as lucky when he met Mary for the first time. This beautiful, gorgeous woman, she was actually interested in him. And they get along well, they get along well immediately. And Mary, she has that smile, she has that smile that grabs you, that, that turns your attention, that draws your attention and nothing else matters. You want to be with this girl, you want to be with this, with her, be close to her. And these beautiful lips, this beautiful face, unforgettable. For Gabriel, it was unforgettable. And he at once felt a close bond to her. At, at least this is what he believed in, that there is a special bond between them because they got on well immediately. And Mary, she's not from the same social background as Gabriel. Mary, she's one of those g- good girls, one of those Gabriel Ford, all American girls, those girls who are doing well, who are brought up well, who live in a nice neighborhood, who have it all, and yet they are not spoiled, yet they remained down to earth, this, this beautiful woman. And he felt elated, but at, at the same time he always thought that he would not be enough for her. Because he heard about it that some American girls, they somehow got fed up with their lives, they, or they got fed up with, with their parents, that they, that they are rebellious and so on, and they somehow want to make their parents mad, infuriate them with a guy they would never approve. That all these so-called all-American girls once or while go for quaint people, for the stranger, for the weirdo, for the weirdo who would, they think, never be accepted by the social standards they are frequenting in. 
and they then became curious. This is a psychological thing Gabriel heard. People say, ah, psychological thing, some some issue about puberty. Well, young adolescents want to try the borders, the barriers between their parents and them. Or even they sometimes believe it themselves that they have a special heart for strangers like they would have for a stray dog. Gabriel at first thought about that because Mary, she was just too perfect. She was too beautiful. She was this amazing woman who was willing to hang out with him. She had not from the same social background, yet she was always friendly, down to earth. When the first time, when Gabriel prepared for the first time to meet her parents, he was weary. His, his knees were shaking. His heart was throbbing, throbbing constantly because he expected some nasty things. Gabriel was, after all, not from the same social background. And he expected all these cliches, all these prejudices people like him have about the so-called middle class that they would deride him that they would undermine him that they would they would make sure that he understands that her daughter is a precious jewel and that she needs to be treated accordingly so that they would in a way corner Gabriel make him sweat Gabriel feared this sort of behavior and he couldn't ask anyone, couldn't ask anyone how he should act on it, how he should behave, what is the right behavior that is demanded from him. Because Gabriel, in one hand, wanted to please him, please him, of course, please him, the parents of the woman he loved, but on the other hand, he he didn't want him to, to be undermined, because somehow he feared, somehow he feared that if he gives in, if he caves, that Mary could decide differently. That Mary could regret her decision hanging out with him. That he has to prove to her that he can stand up for himself and that he can stand up against the onslaught. He thought it would be an onslaught. He thought that Mary's parents were one of those he imagined snobs, one of those people who looked down on the poor, derided them, undermined them, diminished them. But when Gabriel met Mary's parents, he was surprised. He was even speechless. They welcomed him very warmly. They, they were elated when Gabriel met them. They wanted to know, get to know him. They wanted to know everything about him. They asked a lot of questions, a lot of questions. And they were so understanding, understanding about Gabriel, about his situation, about his family, everything. And they even ate Mexican food. 
So they were not these snobs he thought they were. They were not these peoples, his prejudices made him believe they were. And he more and more understood. At first he thought, this is the reason why Mary is so down to earth. These wonderful people, they're down to earth like their daughter. They brought up their daughter well because their daughter had a great role model. These people, they are very special. They live uh, not in a fancy, but in a commodious, beautiful suburban home. It is enough for this family. It is enough to fill these rooms with a lot of ambition, with, with warmth, with peaceful, with peacefulness and with confidence in one's future. Confidence that the future will and holds great secrets to discover. Confidence that does not derive from fear, from fear that one could lose this all, that one could, could in the end, in the end land on the streets or in the end could end up with nothing. These fears, they are far away. This is the confidence. They believe in oneself, they believe in life, they, they believe that life is good and you could grasp this. You could grasp this on the wall, on the interior. This was their home, they, they marked it. Gabriel liked Mary's parents. They were, they were the parents he wished he had, the, the kind of people he would have grown up with. And he even envied Mary, envied her, that she was allowed to grow up with these great people, that she had it all, that she had very smart parents, that she could ask them everything, that um, parents, that they know everything. Bill and Patty, Mary's parents, they were so smart, but they were so down to earth, not like one of these smart people who have, who always have to prove themselves to others that they are smart, who always have to put themselves first and emphasize how smart they are. No, they were some sort of this, this subtle smartness, this, this understanding smartness, this social intelligence smartness. So they were warm. They were these nice people and they knew what to say to everyone, to feel, to feel, to make them feel good. Like they, when they sat down for dinner, they would not talk with the, themselves. They would not have just a conversation where they would talk about that day and only about them and themselves. No, they would actually they were actually preoccupied with their guests. It was a special occasion for them. And how Gabriel loved them. He, especially Bill, Mary's father. Bill was this guy Gabriel looked up to. Bill is this guy Gabriel even emulated. He, fo he thought about grave Bill a great deal. 
because Bill was the man who had managed his life. Gabriel, who was back then on the verge, on the edge of becoming a freshman in college, he was on the verge to attend college, the first one in his family. And then he successfully got admitted to a college, which, well, it was, it is a respectable college. It is not one of these elite colleges, but it is enough, enough to make Gabriel proud, enough to make him believe that his life changed completely, that he is not the old guy anymore, that this new college comes with a new opportunity, an opportunity for him to change his life, to elevate himself, elevate himself from the past, from his parents, social standing, everything, because he wanted to leave these things behind, not to be this boy anymore, this boy who grew up in these and that circumstances, a new life should begin. And he had thought about a great deal how life would be. He may attend school, he may gain knowledge, but how to manage life, how to structure one's life, this is the big key question. Because Gabriel very early on realized that one can attend schools, one can have and gain a lot of knowledge, but there is a barrier, a difference between what one's what one learns in school and what one experiences in life. That life and school, mostly they do not come together. That, that there's knowledge, knowledge how to deal with issues in outside your private sphere, outside your home. So school, he, he thought, is always about managing yourself, getting a job. School is all always about about how to get into a to a place which could help you to earn money that's all but there is a second knowledge a second knowledge which is vital and necessary and which you do not learn in school and this is how you manage your private life how you manage your home how you structure your daily routines how you manage your family how you be a father, how you be a happy husband, how you make your wife, your girlfriend, your children, how to make them comfortable, how to care for them. These are all things which no one teaches you. Or how to be a good boyfriend for your girlfriend, how to be with her without either undermining her, diminishing her, or without letting oneself be taken advantage of. These are all questions which no one teaches you in school, which you have to learn by yourself. And Gabriel always feared that he might gain the knowledge in school and he can elevate himself to a higher social position, but that his private life would not and could not reflect his social upstart life. 
that he would lag behind, lag behind in real life experience because he had no one to ask to. Everyone in his neighborhood, in his social social class, they did not attend college. They stayed all the same. But Gabriel, he was different. And he thought of himself different. He wanted to make the difference. And then when he met Mary, Mary, when he met their parents, things were different. They were special. And for the first time, Gabriel thought as if this were, were his real family. He felt ashamed for his own parents. They were just ordinary folks, boring folks, folks who cannot and will not ever, ever accomplish anything. This is how he thought about his parents, even with contempt. This is what they are and they will never change. So Gabriel had made up his mind. He had found a new family, a new family which could teach him how to manage his private life, how to live, how to be a family father, how to care for others, how to care of a woman and how to, how to court a, a woman because Gabriel wanted to make Mary comfortable, wanted to make Mary love him. Mary should be smooth and thrilled by him. And even later, he even imagined that he would live with Mary, have a life with Mary. And these things all demanded from him attention, attention and willingness to learn. And his role model was Bill, Bill the father. Even Mary looked up to Mary, obviously, and apparently loved her parents. So this was not a rebellious thing that she hang out, that she hangs out with Gabriel. Gabriel, in the beginning, really thought that it was love, but he doubts it now. Was it ever love? It was just too perfect. He, he thinks to himself in a student's dormitory while he stares at the city. It was just too perfect. Right from the beginning, did this ever happen to him? That when he met a girl, that at once they get on well. I mean, Gabriel, he, he was not ugly, but he, he isn't very beautiful either. He's not very athletic. He's not obese. He's in the middle. He's not very beautiful. One would say somewhere between ugly and appealing. He has no significant face features, face features which would make one's, one's appearance special, special in that sense that one facial characteristic, one hair, whatever, highlights one's personality so that in a group of many people this person can be easily detected so that people immediately or people's attention attentions are immediately drawn to this person. Gabriel is not one of these kind. He is not this special thing. 
he's not this special thing, this special feature to draw attention. He's just an ordinary guy. But Mary, Mary is this gorgeous woman, this attractive woman, this unimaginable attractive woman who, who has this smile, these beautiful lips, these eyes, these beautiful big dark eyes. And her smile is captivating. She is the girl who has this special feature, this special feature that can draw all attention. So why did she hang up with him? Why did she decide for him? Is it because she's one of these snobs, even though she did not grow up as a snob, but she has a snobbish fear. Snobbish fear meaning that people who are well off some sort of fear their peers, their social peers, that they, they, that they are scared, scared of the standards a social class has for him. Mary, who grew up as a middle-class child, maybe maybe fearful, is maybe fearful that her middle-class peers hold up high standards, high standards she cannot fulfill. High standards which are crushing to her. So she decided for someone from a lower social class just to please herself or, she, or just to have an admirer and wasn't Gabriel an admirer of her wasn't he the one who looked at her like a goddess maybe this was what what Mary was up to Gabriel who studies sociology he knows about this stuff he heard about this stuff all these social fears I mean his teacher is a communist is a lefty and he talked a great deal about snobs about the snobbish effect and about the fear some middle-class children have that their social peers that their social peers that they are too demanding for them that the social class they live in their parents and so on that they demand a lot from them that they should go to college that they should learn learn a lot that they should accomplish all good grades and so on and they would put a lot of pressure to these children and then of course the children they get exhausted by it and some even crushed by it and then they want to elevate themselves they want to thrill themselves and flatter themselves with people who, who actually look up who praise them, who elevate them to God. This can be one demand of them. This can be a driving force for some in the middle class. That's why it's not unusual that some people from the middle class, that they like to be among others among others who were not as fortunate as them. This is what the sociology professor told in class and which made Gable thoughtful. Why was Mary hanging out with him? Why is Mary hanging out with him? But then, more and more it dawned on him. It was one dinner he was invited. 
and this it was a very joyous dinner again Mary's parents Bill and Patty they were very comforting pleasing they even had made Gabriel's favorite food Mary had told them and it was a nice surprise these people really liked Gabriel and he forgot all about sociological class he, he forgot all about the nonsense his teacher told him because he was convinced that this is a total crap what his teacher tells him and he even after he met after he had his favorite food with Mary's parents after he ate it for dinner he even made up his mind he had even made up his mind to quit social sociology is of no use he was convinced of it of no use at all but then things derailed very fast Gabriel somehow doesn't know how things came that far it all started at once as if he hadn't seen something something that was lurking in the dark behind a secret door a secret chamber which he did not notice before that. a secret chamber in Mary's home did Mary know about it does she know what is going on there what is happening there and Gabriel is shaking all over he gets goosebumps the fall alone makes him sick does she know this beautiful woman and how does these things all add up this beautiful woman she this gorgeous woman who could have love love with anyone she could actually find true love she could actually be with anyone she who Gabriel is convinced actually has a good heart and she is trapped in this world she's derived deprived of a good life at least Gabriel thinks it but then he's not sure he's not sure maybe Mary knows of it all maybe Mary is even part of it and the thought makes him sick part of this of what happened this is hideous he thinks to himself hideous and again he remembers he he tries to forget he tries to fight his thoughts fight his brain fight that his brain brings him back to the same memory over and over again but he loses this fight he cannot he cannot fight these his thoughts he cannot leave them behind they are haunting him and they are bringing him back on the earth he was flying he was flying high and then he came crashing down and this is what happened Bill took him aside he looked him deep in his eyes how how you feel Gabriel asked him I'm fine I'm fine Mrs. 
Mr. Mr. Madison. I'm fine. Thank you. The dinner was delicious. Of course. We want you to feel well, Gabriel. You are dear to us. Do you know that? I know, sir. Thank you very much. Gabriel, he was over, thankfully. He could not believe his luck. This was his new family. And he thought to himself, he arrived there. He thought to himself, he finally, he finally is there. But then Bill, Bill's facial composure changed. He was unsure, unsure what to say. Gabriel immediately noticed it and he was curious what would come next. He could not fathom it, but it, he was fearful. Would this be the talk he would have with his, with his new family father? Would this be the talk, this special talk, his stepfather would then have to go through with him? Is this what, what could end it all? Is this what his life comes to an end to? Gabriel held his breath. He feared things could get difficult. He feared that he could lose this everything old. He could lose Mary. And Mary, she was pretty much the only bond he had with this family. Bill was forceful. But after a while he started talking. There is ordinary life, he said to Gabriel. Ordinary life. Life which you and me see every day. Life which is meaningless. Life which has no taste whatever. Life that is just boring. And you go through it. You have to go through it. You have to get along through it. But it is in a way exhausting. It is not thrilling. It is not exciting. Exciting, thrilling. In Gabriel's mind, these two words, they were all intertangled. They were swirling around. And an ordinary people they don't understand this they never understand people they are so judgmental they live in little boxes and we live in little boxes as well Gabriel this is a little box this house is a little box Gabriel Gabriel immediately intervened no Mr. Madison this is a very beautiful house it is part of you of course it is Gabriel, of course, because we are adaptable. We live in the same little box we saw in others. We say we live in the same little box like anyone else. Because you have to adapt. You have to adapt in order to accomplish something in your life. In order not to draw attention. Because out there the folks, those ordinary people, they are too judgmental. Out there out there there is wildness but here here things are different and again Bill stopped looked at Gabriel thoughtful 
I want to tell you a secret, Gabriel. I want to tell you. And I want to show you the secret of life, how things can become different. How things are different. And now I want to show it to you because I trust you. You are someone special and I see in you someone. Someone special. Special like me. Special like Patty. Special like this family. And these thoughts even now bring goosebumps to Gabriel. Special like me. Gabriel. He he's shaking all over. Bill, this man called him like him. And maybe he was like him. But the thought alone made, made him scary. He like them. Could he be like them? Could he be one of them? One of them who gets excited by this. And he felt a shock. He felt a numb sensation pervading his entire body, prostrating him right on the bed and he stood and storming. Tori, like him, like this man, and how he admired Bill, how he looked upon him, how he wanted to be him, and even emulated him. But then all changed all of a sudden. It changed, it was revolting. Gabriel didn't say anything against it. He could not say. He was tongue-tied. After Bill ushered him in, in to this room. And it was an ordinary room. An ordinary room which was not even locked. An ordinary room. Gabriel, before, walked past a couple of times and did never ask what it was for. Everyone could have entered it. It was hideous. It was hideous. It was revolting. It was beyond imagination. It was shocking for Gabriel. He didn't know what to do with himself. He didn't know what to respond. And Bill thought that Gabriel would think the same. Bill thought that Gabriel was one of them. Would be understanding. Would not be judgmental. But Gabriel, he could not, he could not hide his goosebumps. He tried for the last time, his last effort to somehow please Bill, somehow don't make it visible. Tried to force, not a smile, but a normal, nonchalant gaze. And he's not sure whether he managed it. He's not sure whether he could make Bill believe that he is not judgmental. But what he saw in his room is changed his life forever. What he saw in this room changed his pers- pers- perception of Bill about his wife Patty and about Mary forever. Just an ordinary room everyone could have walked into. An ordinary room where these things happen and was Mary part of it did she know about it and all this time she knew about it maybe 
Maybe Gabriel was chosen. Maybe it was not. Not chance after all that they met. Maybe it was determined. Maybe Bill wanted someone like him. And how he looked at Gabriel as he would know what he's talking about, about this thrill, about this special excitement, what would what one would need in order to make one's life to sweeten one's life. This is what Bill said. Sometimes you just need to sweeten your life. You just need to make changes. And these words, words still echo in Gabriel's mind. And he is, he was struck. He could hardly move. His entire body was stalled left there like a clump of clay curled curled and without knowing what to do he stood there in the middle of this room and stared at the man whom he once admired and looked up to 11. Jane. Jane approaches her home. She, she, of course, thought it weird that Nancy, the best friend, and as well as her manager, did not pick her up from the airport. But she expects, of course, that they have probably planned a surprise party because it is too quiet there. No one called her. Nancy likes these things. Nancy, this obese woman. She's some sort of a child. Jane thinks to herself, a child who probably still lives through her childhood, who needs these kinds of stuff. Probably Jane actually has never shown any interest in Nancy's life. Nancy is this fragile girl, fragile girl who still has this romantic notion, this almost petulant notion about about life and about surprise parties and that everyone can be taken not seriously. And despite the fact that Nancy is supposed to be Jane's assistant, more and more it became apparent that Jane actually is some sort of the big sister in this friendship, that she takes care of Nancy, and that she and Jane realized more and more that Nancy needs this. She needs to be around Jane, she needs to care for Jane, she, she needs to make these parties, make these surprise parties, she needs to believe that Jane is comfortable with her, that Jane and, and Nancy, that they have this special bond, a special bond which has to be renewed every time, because Jane more and more realized Nancy is this woman who has a very low self-esteem and who is very fearful and frightened that she would lose her friends. 
Jane thinks to him, to herself that Nancy probably has only Jane. Only Jane she can call a, a good friend. So Jane let it happen. In a way, she likes to be the big sister for Nancy. And even though she, she doesn't like surprise parties, she doesn't like people going in her own home while she's not there. She does not like anyone sneaking around her own home or even p- people having a key, key for their home. But however, for Nancy, she makes this exception. After all, what can she do about it? She needs Nancy. She needs her as part of her life, not only as a friendship, but as a part of her life. She's part of her identity. She's the part people see her through. She's the connection to all others. Jane walks into her home, and like expected, it is a it is a surprise party, a homecoming party. It is not Jane's birthday, and even though no one actually really knows Jane's birthday, she has not celebrated her birthday in years. The real one with a real date. Only back home, back home where people knew her real name, there she celebrated her birthday, but it was not a real celebration. Her older brother hadn't come home. Their family was in trouble. There were some issues, Jane's parents. They were mad. They were infuriated. Jane's mother was weeping, weeping for her son, her only son. Something happened. He got himself in trouble again. This is all bad. His mother wept and everyone had forgotten, forgotten about Jane, about her birthday because then she learned in school that people celebrate birthdays that it is a necessity a necessity that one every year celebrates that one is birthed that people show one that they appreciate that you are there that you are there for them that you are alive that they appreciate you alive your being that you are a valuable member of them and they need a special day in a year. They need a special day in the year to tell you that. A special occasion where someone, even those who are not good with words or struggle with words, can come forward and, and convey you their regards. A special day is needed. And Jane thinks about this. She thinks about back in the days with her family, with her close family, the small world, the small cosmos she lived in. Later, she, her mother started to remember her birthdays, but it was never a really special occasion. It was not the special occasion she dreamed of. Jane always wanted to be one of these women, one of these special 
persons. Extraordinary. And extraordinary people, they are celebrated. People look at them with awe. And extraordinary people, they can eat candy. They can eat a lot of candy. They can enjoy everything, every part of their life without having been deprived of great experiences. Jane looks at all the crowd, these people they, who admire her, who look up on her, who think of Jane Reynolds as a great contribution to the world. Isn't this what she always wanted? Isn't this what she always dreamed about back in home when she was just a no-name girl? When she was just this girl, no one took notice of. People forget that she was even there. Wasn't this her dream now, surrounded by all these people? But somehow it does not feel real. Somehow it does not feel like it would be really Jane's life. Even though she's excited by it, thrilled by it, it's a sort of fear, fear that she would lose it all. Because so much depends on her, so much depends on her that she is successful. That she can come up with new books, with new, uh, new ideas. So much depends on the public and her fans thinking good about her, thinking what they want to think about her. People, Jane immediately realized, always separate the good from the bad. They don't see humans, especially not people whom they admire in full light. They either see their goods and only the positives and those who do not like one and those who are envious, hateful, vengeful, whatever, they only see the negative. And she more and more realized that people who admire you and who want to bath, bath in the sun next to you, that they mostly only see the good in you. And that if this good comes your personal secret, uh, a personal secret no one around you really shares and which more and more is kept from them because Jane realized the more people around her like Nancy and all these people strangers she did not know at first only continuously her friends grew her friends circle grew that these people, because they only believed in Jane's good, only saw Jane's good, and only see, saw a positive side, that they had special expectations on Jane. Special expectations that Jane should, Jane should function in a certain way. Jane should act in a certain way, Jane should behave in a certain way, so that their view, their belief in Jane is not shattered, so that they can continue to believe in her 
and see only Jane's good and no, and do not see the whole person. Do not see the struggle inside her. Do not see some contradiction in Jane. And Jane tried to please her like fans. She more and more realized people around you, especially even those you work for, even those who work for you, who should actually know better, that they are like admirers, that they want to deeply believe in you, but as well as they associate themselves with you, that they even want to be like you. And of course, people would only emulate someone, would only want to be like someone if this someone is, in a way, a shining star. If this person is in such a light which makes him special, so special that they themselves can partake in this specialness, can get a whiff of this specialness and even bath in the sunshine of this specialness. Jane immediately realized that when she comes home after she met all these fans, after she heard about all these, these admirers, how much her books changed her life, that she, and she had to play along, she had to play along this charade, this game of being an author, of being this woman, she is in public that these things are demanded from her and in the beginning she all, she thought it is only for admirers it is only her fans it is only, only when she introduces her books to the public these people who don't know who don't know that they actually only buy a product but more and more she realized Jane realized that even in her friends circle in the people, even the people she's surrounded with, that they believe only in the good and that they wanna see only one side of Jane and that Jane is forced, forced to act on behalf of their imagination that, so that the role play, this acting never stops. And this is the reason why this all never is feels real, why Jane feels that she's acting all along, that she's not herself all along, that she wants to be this woman, wants to please this woman, wants to please everyone, and that this puts her under a lot of strange, strains, strains to fulfill the imaginations, the belief of her admirers. She wants to be this very witty, smart author who writes all these great books, who has this great fan Tessie. And Jane really kept all the refuse professionals write about her because fans, you know, fans, they are some of them are, are admirers, some of them are, are just vengeful, hateful. But other writers, other professionals, 
who write about her, who acknowledge her. Some of them called her having a great fantasy. Some of them taught and wrote in book reviews that Jane's books, that they are inspiring, that they have this special essence, this special something you don't find in recent publications, that she is a great support, that her books are a great contribution to literature. This is the stuff Jane want to read about. This is the stuff she likes to read about. These refuse. But, but despite the fact that all, despite all the fact, all her f- fame and all the acclaimed refuse, it somehow does not feel real. It somehow is not about herself. Somehow, when Jane juxtaposes her previous life, this girl who grew up in this in this village, in this no man's world, beyond beyond this horizon, and then her life now, where she lives, somehow things happen too fast. Somehow Jane didn't really realize how she came here, as if her life would have turned upside down at once and that she plunged into a new life without any prior preparation and now everyone expects her to function and she feels all the eyes of these people are lying on her eyes which now are pleasing even encouraging But what would happen if they are disappointed? What would happen if they see Jane entirely? If they not only see her good, but as well as her bad, if they see who she really is, what would happen? All the guests congratulate Jane. Her new book is exciting. Everyone tells me that. How many of them actually have read the book? Maybe they do, maybe they do not. Some of them hold the book, her book in her hands. Jane thinks about what this means. She would probably have to read some pages of this book. This book, which is written in in words, in meanings, in in letters, which again make her feel different, as if this book wasn't really hers, as if this thought, thoughts weren't really hers, as if it was too distant, and as if she would be just another reader, reader to her own stuff, like all these others, and what should she think about it? She does not really enjoy the book. She actually personally thinks that the book was not that good at all. Not like those previous books. She was probably not worth the good stuff she thought to herself. 
it was. It is not as thrilling as she, as her previous books. But yet, however, Jane plays alone. This is what people expect of her, that she is full in on it, in on it. That she likes her books, all of them. That she does not make a difference. And of course, as an author, you make the difference as an author. Some books you have written, you enjoyed writing them. Others were hard, hard to write, were, were struggled. Where you struggle to find the words, where you struggle to bring it all together. Bring bring together the words. Bring together your thoughts. Put them together. Make the story work. Some books they're struggling. It's a hassle. And you are glad when after the end you you successfully have finished it and you don't want to de deal with this book ever again it is over it is gone and now you are free to pursue a new project so there are differences between books Jane knows that but she does not tell it to everyone that she actually does not li like all her books the same so what does it matter if people think what they are? It is like with Nancy. Nancy needs this. Nancy needs to play this game. Play this game that she would be vital for Jane, that she is there for Jane, that she would be pleasing for Jane and that these surprise parties, that they would be what Jane would like that these surprise parties would please Jane. Let her believe it. Let these people believe what they want. In the end, what does it bother? Jane thinks about how she came here. The little girl she was in school, this no-name girl who brought it so far. So what does it matter if she just makes people comfortable she grew into the role. She started out as a normal actor and now she became a professional because this is what acting is after all as well. To convey a character, to convey a character in a very convincing way so that people can partake in the spectacle. So that people can feel good about themselves that they are befriended with this woman that that they are part of the life of this woman so what harm is there done after all jane tells herself <laughs>